0: Okay, I would like you to uh, keep these words in your head throughout the day. Error belief as the cause of disease and truth as the cure. Error belief as the cause of dis-ease and truth as the cure of it. And what, I always put a hyphen in dis-ease. So I'm not at ease. My body is not at ease. My mind is not at ease. I don't. I don't like to call myself sick. Although I have experiences uh, of what people would call sickness. Today's talk is called "One Belief Away from Wellness," and the, today's uh, talk theme is about Phineas Parker Quimby. You know, I'm doing this series on the ancestors of New Thought. And Phineas Parker, Qu- Parkhurst Quimby, if you want, but I prefer Phineas P. Quimby. He, he is some considered by some to be the father of New Thought. Uh, and Curtis <clears throat> Hopkins is considered to be the grandmother of New Thought or the teacher to the teachers. I don't know that uh, Mr. Quimby would have called himself the father of New Thought, but he worked almost entirely with thought as the cure for what ails us and thought as the cause of what ails us and, and to look at it and it's not about okay what did I do now it's not about blaming ourselves because that's a thought that creates dis-ease you know, self-accusations don't make up what other people are saying to you it's just because they say it this way doesn't mean that's what it means. And sometimes you might have to have the courage to ask someone, can you articulate more fully what you what you mean when you say this? So rather than say, oh, they said I'm an awful person. Well, where did you hear that in some some of the statements? Mm-hmm. Oh, they said I'm to blame for all that ails me. And it's not about blame. Blame is a thing people use to win. Or lose. It is not something people use to communicate in a healthy way. Mister Quimby comes out of New England, and he was not a doctor; he was a watchmaker. Why wouldn't he be? <laughs> uh, but had a scientific, analytical mind, and uh, in 1836. Mr. Quimby was introduced to mesmerism. Have you ever heard? familiar with mesmerism? It's hypnotism, basically. It's, it's the beginning of hypnotism. So he was mesmerized because there was a man named Charles Mesmer who created this technique hmm. to find wellness for people, you know, to perhaps hypnotize them into wellness. And, and, and so uh, Mr. Quimby studied with him, and, and he... Uh, he he, be, he became a good hypnotist himself, and then he met this man named uh, Lucius Burkmar. Fancy name, <laughs> uh, who exhibited an amazing ability to diagnose disease and to prescribe a remedy by clairvoyant powers when hypnotized by Mr. Quimby. And Mr. Quimby's work with Burkmar led his conclusions led to his conclusions about the cause. Of all illness the source of error beliefs and the mental basis for healing now I want to be clear here I'm presenting theories here today I'm not coming down from the Mount you have to explore this because the thing that we all are here are spiritual scientists we explore We investigate and we see what works for us. I'm not here to argue with anybody after the surface. Not anybody. (laughs) 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 Not anybody. (laughs) Quimby eventually came to understand that the cause of the cure was not remedied by, or that was not the remedy prescribed by Berkmar, but rather that uh, Berkmar's remedies. We're removing erroneous beliefs in the mind of the person being healed. This will be to see that the cause of disease, dis is an erroneous belief, a belief in something that is not true. So many of us experience dis ease, disharmony. Uh, Because of things we were told as children. And we, in our ignorance as children, agreed with them. We didn't know better. You know, when I say your your ignorance as a child, that's not an attack. Ignorance means you didn't know. You didn't know. And you have these great big adults. These great big insane adults. (laughs) Who didn't know. They just didn't know. And then we became a great big insane adult, telling ourselves the stories about ourselves that aren't true. We tell ourselves stories about planet Earth that aren't true. We tell ourselves stories about each other that aren't true. And then I look in the mirror and I tell myself stories that aren't true. Oh, look at my hair, where it used to be hair. Oh, oh, look at, the, look at my weight. Oh, look at this. Oh, I have a bad cold. I want to kick people when they tell me, oh, you had a really bad cold, Sean. It's like, no, I didn't have a bad cold. I had a really inconvenient cold. It wasn't bad. It just was inconvenient. Don't give it meaning it does not possess. Imagine if you looked around your life And you refused to give it meaning it does not possess. Imagine how much more quickly you could uh, heal. That you could have a correction in your mind or a miracle. Imagine the things that we could do if we weren't telling ourselves we couldn't. You know, I got a lot of quirks got a lot of stuff going you've heard about you know about my phobias and uh, things but those are things aren't they're not mine they're stuff i'm experiencing and i don't know exactly why they just kicked in i noticed last week though i uh, the, the thing that developed a few years ago about bridges wasn't happening i drove over every bridge we were near in florida and the whitestone bridge and back and my hands didn't sweat I didn't feel like maybe I could have a stroke at any second. I didn't, you know, there was none of that going on. My head wasn't pounding. And I observed. I didn't tell myself stories. I just observed. Oh, okay, the willingness to heal is kicking in. The willingness to know that the bridge has no power. Now, we were in St. Pete. I still wasn't going to drive over the Sky Bridge. Because the, the Sky Bridge is just as close to heaven. <laughs> and i didn't feel like driving that high
1: <laughs>
0: oh it's a high bridge in my best days i hate i didn't like driving over the the sky bridge i did it a few times and it's like oh man that's painful and where, uh, mentally st it? pete it's on the way to sarah if you go from st pete to Saratoga. sarasota it's
1: it's very high, <laughs> it's very high. <laughs>
0: I love this. Uh, 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 man is made up of truth and belief. And if he is, uh, where'd it go? <laughs> oh, and if he is deceived into a belief that he has or is liable to have a disease, the belief is catching and the effect follows it. Remember, cause, effect, cause, effect. I, 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 if I have a cold, I do oh, I'm miserable because I have a cold. No, I am miserable because I have a belief in colds. I have an erroneous belief in sickness. That's what the misery is. Most of us just want to get rid of the symptom and uh, not think about this deeply about things. You know, it's like, oh, why me, God? Really another cold? Really me, God? Why this? Why me, God? Do I this? Why not you? Why not you? This is your chance to heal. Your mind, your spirit, your body. Why not you? The cure for the erroneous beliefs that cause disease is the truth. Capital T, truth. What is capital T, truth, for those of you who don't know? It is that which does not change. It is not about opinion. It is not about something temporary. When I use the word truth, it means that which does not change. When I use the word principle, it is that which does not change. When I use the word love with a capital L, it is that which does not change. I had to find some way for myself to communicate to my own mind so that I would, could know what I'm talking about without compromise. And so I pass this information along whenever anybody's willing to listen. And so, you seem to be today, so I'm passing this information <laughs> along, and, and we're going to go from there. So, uh, Quimby is saying, disease is what follows an opinion. How about that? Disease is what follows an opinion. It is made up of mind diverted by error. And truth is a destruction of this opinion. And that's why I use the technique, Spirit, tell me the truth about this, tell me what to think about this, Spirit, spirit to me is that highest voice within my me. It's, uh, I, I don't tend to say, God, tell me what to do. I, I try, I'm working more and more at not getting God, trying to get God to do something. Because God doesn't do anything. God has already done whatever God will do. Now it's about me accepting it. Whatever I want. And if I'm praying for a new bicycle, which I'm not likely to do, but you get my point. Uh, <laughs> Uh, if I'm praying for a new bicycle, what I'm actually asking is myself to give myself a new bicycle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If I am praying to release weight, I'm, I'm praying to myself. I am consciously acknowledging that there, in infinite wisdom, is a way to do that. That does not have to be a burden. That is not filled with shame. That is not telling myself, I am somehow bad for not already having given it to myself. Those tact that shame tactic does not work. I remember somebody, oh man, it, was, it hurt my feelings to read it. It was on Facebook. It was the brother of somebody who used to come here. He a very large man. And he, he, on Facebook, oh, he called himself the most vile names in the attempt to lose weight. Just the the hate self-loathing as a technique for love. Because, let's face it, somebody wants to... Oh my gosh, I'm (laughs) popular. The technique uh, is not self-loathing in order to get what I want. Uh, I've never known anybody who had lasting loving effects... Through self-abuse, have you? Have any of you had lasting positive effects through hating yourself?
1: Yeah.
0: We don't. All, we also don't have lasting loving effects by hating our neighbor. None of us. We may keep them away because we don't want to deal with them. We don't want to look at them. Many of you have heard me talk here about a neighbor we don't care for because we had an, inc- we had an incident fifteen years ago. And this week I said to David, we have to invite them over and sit down and talk with them. We don't need them to agree with us. We just need to have the talk and set them free and set ourselves free. That's me putting our practice into practice, our message into practice. As I I am done being mad at these people, I I am just done with it. It hurts my feelings and it's not, I'm doing spring cleaning. You know, and if I can let go of clothing that doesn't fit and doesn't work for me anymore, I can let go of my hatred of my neighbor. It's very similar, isn't it? Uh, Uh, Quimby could be called a scientific healer. He used spiritual science. Uh, Quimbi had come to his conclusions not from the Bible or from any religious considerations. He was not a religious person. doesn't mean he didn't use the word God but he was not re- religious it was not a churchy thing. Uh, they were based upon observation, experiment and reaction or reflection, excuse me. One might conceivably operate as a healer in entire disregard of religion and religious faith. There is a distinct secular mental healing movement which has worked upon the basis of Quimby's theory of dis-ease and cure. If we could close that door, that'd be so great. So he began to wonder whether it was the prescribed remedy that really affected the cure. He discovered that sometimes Lu- Lu- Lucius uh, Bergmer descri- prescribed a simple herb that couldn't possibly do either harm or good. And, uh, but that there was still a cure. He observed this. It couldn't be observed. Oh, wait a minute. So he's planting a suggestion in, in the client, in the patient. And uh, he, well, placebo placebo okay make yeah. sure i pronounce it right i thought i do but sometimes i get lost in those things and so uh you got a sugar-coated nothing one minister calls them you know a sugar-coated pill that has no medicine in it whatsoever but take this every day and you'll feel much better and uh and they did it showed, oh, it's in the mind, it's not in the body, it's in the mind, it's not in the pill, it's, it's in the mind. And, and, I, and I really like that. So he began to explore the possibility that the cure could not be attributed to medicine, but to the patient's confidence in the doctor, or the medium, or the channel, or what have you. Quimby, as a researcher, began to move on. And he left many of these things and eventually turned his back totally and completely on medicine. Now I want to be very clear here at Unity. We do not tell you not to go to the doctor. We don't tell you to take this stuff, not to take this stuff. That's not our place. That would be malpractice on our part. What we do tell you is pray first and listen to what answer you get. Pray first. Sometimes I used to say, go to the doctor till you know you don't have to go to the doctor. But pray first. I also strongly encourage you to remember the doctor is not coming down from the mount either you are in partnership with your doctors with your medical practitioners they have a mind you have a mind you have to listen and follow through with divine order but to place your faith in the hands of someone who sees 50 people a day And they're only allowed to see you for 12 minutes at a time, sometimes seven, according to the rules now in in institutions, in hospitals, what have you. So to place all your faith that they know everything. No, you know some things about you. You have intuition. I have, uh, I've had healings. Without the aid and practice, uh, uh, without doctors and what have you. I had most of them before I had health insurance, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, I had a lot of healings through faith and well-being and a spiritual practice. I told you I had, I had a healing of a sprained ankle before. I've, had, I've watched colds lift right up and out of my body during meditations. I, I have uh, seen pain lifted by placing a new suggestion in my mind. I, I've watched all this, and I did it because people, when I was people like me, were talking to people like you in the audience or people like me in the audience. I listened to them and I thought, well, if they can do it, I can do it. I have to be one of those people who can have a healing. Or otherwise, I'm not a believer because I haven't proven it yet. I believe it's possible for everybody else but me, and I don't want to be one of those ones. And so I uh, put a lot of things into practice. And then I got to witness that a lot of you have had healings. And I know that and you've witnessed things. And so really, why why would this next issue be the one that can't be healed? That can't be brought into alignment with your thinking. There's no logical reason to believe that we can't have our healing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Keep going here, because this is such wonderful stuff, and I, and I don't want to let it go. Uh, yeah, a continuous round of experimentation proved that cures could come by a change of mind through suggestion without medicine. He began then to ask the question, why need medicine at all? And it appeared to Quimby more and more that what was most deeply involved in healing was mind. If only the mind of the patient could be effectively changed, cure could result. There was a slow transition to his ultimate philosophy and practice, which is kind of hard to trace because we don't his books, his notes. They say were just barely legible. I do have a book the Quimby manuscripts, but they are. Uh, but there's not a lot of his own writings. He was more into the healing aspect than recording it. Now he tells an experience. I like this experience of his own when he had been having pains and he went to a doctor who diagnosed him with having hard uh, tuberculosis. And he began to be treated by the doctor. And, he, and the doctor thought it was best to prepare him for the worst. To tell him the worst that could happen as a result of having tuberculosis. And what Quimby noticed is he began to experience exactly what the doctor told him. Mind heard, oh, these are the symptoms. I must have them. Oh. Uh, he got weaker and weaker, and he had he had, he developed all the symptoms of advanced stages of TB. He felt he was on the verge of death. Now, he heard about this other, of a man who had found help by riding a horse.
1: <laughs> Logical.
0: Uh, riding a horse, which seems ridiculous, but he was desperate. And, uh, now he was too weak to ride the horse, so he got a horse and buggy. Uh, you know, get, get as close as you can <laughs> to, to the healing, uh, to what people do. Now, it, what's funny is he went for a drive in the carriage and his horse stopped at the bottom of the hill and wouldn't move. He, uh, he couldn't get the horse to move. He didn't have the energy to give the horse a nudge. And so he called to a farmer nearby. The farmer came and whipped the horse into action and whipped him very hard. The horse ran off frantically. He found himself driving the horse home in a frenzy of excitement. When he reached home, he felt as strong as ever and he was healed. (laughs) (laughs) The condition had totally disappeared. Remember, there was a seed planted about riding the horse and healing. And, And he did. He was not misled by this. He said that what was revealed to him about all this is that the medical diagnosis had been wrong. Mm -hmm. He didn't actually have TB, but he believed it because the doctor said so. I know that it's complicated here because we go to doctors and we're told things. What am I supposed to believe? I choose to believe all healing is possible. Now spirit, guide me. I'm open and I am listening. It also led him to realize that regardless of whether a diagnosis is wrong or not, if a diagnosis suggests certain tendencies in the person, he will have them. This is the opening the way to a lot of studies of psychosomatics and the suggestions of the symptoms. Through the experience of excitement, there was almost unwittingly a letting go of these artificial experiences that were merely mental. It released him under the healing power and the healing energy. That had been within him all the time. Remember these words. Error belief. As cause of disease. And truth as the cure. Error belief. As the cause of dis- disease. And truth. As the cure. Of disease. We were, gui- were guided. Guided biblically. We're guided by so many. To know the truth. To know the un. Changing and unchangeable truth. We are guided in so many places by so many teachers. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You have to want to know the truth. You must desire it. At all costs. You must desire the truth. The truth is never that you're doing this to me so I am stuck. The truth is I am loved with an everlasting love because I can't not be loved. No one makes us unhappy. We decide to be unhappy. No one makes us sick despite the statement, you make me sick. It's not true. (laughs) You did not make me love you. I decided to. Can we steal? Can we be stolen from? I don't know. You know, if something is taken away from me, was it mine to begin with? My friend Sidney Meyer says, if you call your dog and he doesn't come, he's not your dog. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Error
0: belief is the cause of disease and truth is the cure. Please take that with you today. And, uh, Play it out in your mind. <coughs> Error belief is the cause of inharmony, and truth is the cure. Error belief is the cause of poverty and truth is the cause of cure. Error belief is the cause of all that ails me. Don't hate it. Observe it. And get on board with discovering what the truth is. There is truth, unchangeable, loving, kind, generous truth that will heal us all in our mind and then in our body. Thank you.